This is a movie. Tom. This is a movie. We're we talking about a movie? Ah, we're talking about a movie. Oh my God, sir. When did you change the format? Um, this is a movie that is, uh, I've never seen it until just now. Really? Um, but it's a movie I've wanted to see probably since 1979 because for some reason mm-hmm. it was one of the first movies I ever saw out on VHS tapes. Really? I could just never get around to convincing anyone else to watch this movie with me. Oh, my friend. Unfortunately, I didn't live in the area at that time. Otherwise, I would have watched it with you. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad I waited until I was 49 to see this movie. I don't think (laughs) this movie would have traveled well at uh, 9 or 10. No. Even Uh, as much as I was into movies that were not in this pantheon of of 9 or 10-year-olds. Well, I got to say this. First off, I saw this movie uh, many years ago, back when I was in the Navy. And I I remember liking it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I went through, during my teenage years, I went through a James Clavell period. This is based on James Clavell. I I love the TV show uh, Shogun. Shogun. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Watch that. Uh, I didn't read King Rat though. That was never one. Of, that was never a movie. Uh, that was never uh, one of the books I read. And that is the name of the movie we're watching today. 1965's King Rat. Yeah, Clavel is. Um, he's like I don't know if he's better or worse than Michener, but I can tell you they're both garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just know just that awful. Uh, remember uh, Chagall paintings back in the eighties? No, the, there's like there, there, there was this, this thing that was big in like shitty guys' uh, apartments, and it was Chagall was this was this painter. He did women with like sort of white angular faces. Yeah, and I like, can you picture it you right fucking, now. You could not have lived through the eighties for some scene. reason. Feel like they belong in, in beauty parlors, like hung up on beauty parlor walls. Oh, maybe. I'm sure they were there too. Yeah. So uh, his name Clavel seems like, so Clavel seems like exactly the kind of guy who would have had a, like an extensive collection of originals to go along with his silk kimonos and maybe maybe a couple of samurai swords laying around the house. Well, just because of his overt boner for everything Asian at the time. The problem with with um, he seems like a douchebag who got a lot of trim back then. Wait, what? <laughs> he seems like he seems like the kind of guy who got a lot of puss back in the day. No, but uh, I to clarify more. Like, what do you mean? He just, I know what trim is. You didn't have to do, I, clarify I, that I, part. I, a novelist <laughs> of of like historical romances. Like, it was just. I, I just always kind of pictured him as a Robert Evans sort of a character, or That's a, like a Steve McQueen, but like with bigger, with like slightly bigger man boobies. None of that was a description of Clavel. That was a very good description of yourself and to, and of me to some degree. What I wanted life to be, yeah, no, right. no that you looked at it like he just seems like a guy who obviously got a lot of pussy. I mean, let's let's go, let's 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 recount the record here. Historical novel, uh, uh, like no, 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 not a little bit. <laughs> oh, please, man. He had like a fucking shag carpeted sunken floor I mean, with a hot tub. The guy was the greatest civil engineer room. of Cleveland. Uh, uh, I, uh, of course he got a lot of trouble. Uh, don't fight me on this. I will fight you because I because you what will. you're fighting is is the idea that you and I were that nerdy. No, we no, not in this context. Clavel novels are perfectly rich. Or what? Clavel novels and the the extensive collection of Robert Ludlum I read at the time as well. Yeah, <laughs> because my my library was essentially either the library or the Salvation Army. Right, and right. my mom's bookshelf. 
Did she like Clavel? She she had well, at least I one imagine or two. She, uh, she had at least one or two there. Yeah, wow. being a lady. She's a lady. Why back in the day? How could you fucking resist? How could you resist? <laughs> if only I could give this trim to Clavel. <laughs> Are um, we talking about my mom? Stop that. Let's well, which part don't you want to be talking about? Uh, Clavel my mom as a trim and My mom having yeah. a vagina. Stop that, monster. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, here's the reason I mentioned all that is because Mitchell's Mitcher, novels are garbage. Clavel's novels are garbage. I, I haven't read this one either. Mm-hmm. Not bad as a story. If the movie is in any way not taking too many liberties with Clavel's work. Well, now, first off, uh, the thing, uh, this is also uh, Clavel's, like, only really autobiographical novel, too. Okay. Because he, he was in a Japanese, a Japanese prisoner of war camp during World War II. Mm-hmm. So, so this is based loosely on some of his experience. So there is that. Yeah. So this is unlike a lot of his other novels, for sure. Well, it is <laughs> the darker side of Stalag 17. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> Man. This is well, first off, it's in, it's in Japan. So you could draw you, you could draw your comparisons to Stalag Seventeen, or for that matter, Bridge Over the River Kwai. That's the yeah. one. That's the one that, that definitely holds the most sort of relevance as far as what what's going on on screen for sure. I suppose so, but the, but but the darkness of this Ugh. movie is nothing like the darkness. Of, Even shares a star too, but uh, you're throwing that word star around nah, pretty. Uh, he was a great actor. <laughs> when you could play a British doctor in a prisoner of war camp, this guy basically. Uh, cornered that market. James Donnell only plays prisoner of war camp characters. As far as I can tell, I don't know. Bridge in the River Kwai, and then uh, Great (laughs) Escape. Yeah, and then this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's set in a prisoner of war camp. Get him on the phone. Let's go. Uh, Okay. Tom Courtney had had just done um, uh, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of the second movie. But Tom Courtney's a fucking, is probably to now, me. Now, which the, one is he? Tom Courtney is is gray. Okay. Okay, well, okay, so this is George Siegel's um, big breakout yeah. role. And, and he did this a year before doing. Um, and he's no Holden, but he's, he holds, I think he holds, he holds up well in this movie. Well, he's not as cartoonish as Holden. No, well, I mean it's like no, it's a, a few are the the role. Right. <laughs> the role that that Siegel is asked to play is is so different from Holden in either Bridge in the River Choir or Stalag Seventeen. Yeah. Uh, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't realize those two had fucking Holden. I didn't realize until now that they had both of them had fucking Holden. Yeah. That Holden was yeah, the, the king for a long time. He was the king of the Kula <laughs> movies in a way. Kula eyes. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, where George, were we? Yeah, George Siegel. All right. So look, uh, what is he? I mean, he's most comparable, obviously, to to uh, Holden and Stalag Seventeen. In that, he's running this sort of racket, right? But the racket he runs is uh, extraordinary. Yeah. And instead of what I never understood about Cookie in Stalag Seventeen <laughs> is, mm-hmm. unless Cookie has a has a. a a crush on William Holden in Stalag 17. I have no idea why he's doing what he's doing. Right. But it's very clear why the people are who are working for Siegel are doing what they're doing. Right. Yeah. They're, they're rusting tromboning him for, for cigarettes and, and, and life, essentially. Yeah. It's fucking... It, it's really... It, this movie is kind of wonderfully dark in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, it's... It, yes. And if I have to say this... Okay, so we recently Please did an episode on uh, Sajid Ray... Uh, in the movie uh, Big City, yeah. okay, this movie is almost like, in some senses, 
See, I like that other movie because it, it used cinematography and it used the camera in very suggestive ways, but it was mostly very subtle. This movie doesn't have that quality. This movie is the opposite. No. This movie is not subtle at all. The comparisons are there, <sighs> like the rat. See, I don't... Like the rats being cannibals and, and ultimately metaphors for the humans in the camp and mm. all this. That, a lot of it's... But not bad, but not bad at all. Like it's like it's just it, there's, there's enough truth in in these in these things like this, particularly in that metaphor that I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, there's enough truth in that, and and must, there's enough evident truth in what they're showing you with the camera and the behavior of the men in the camp. Yeah, there's so much evident truth that you get like, oh yeah, that's you're right. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I would. It's not even clever. It's just obvious. I was going to disagree with you, but I think you're right. I think I think I would add rather. Than than disagree by saying what's very strange about what's more obvious about this movie is that it does it it hits you over the head by in the middle of a, a kind of a, a desert landscape all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's sort of like what what I, it's not subtle you're correct about that but it is bleak and bleak not by force <laughs> not by music or even no. acting it's just sort of it's a bleak unpoetic before fuck. yeah that's it it, how, it how do you 100 like, lacks poetry and right. that is dark one minute a guy is getting yelled at for stealing food and the next minute his feet are poking out of a latrine that is and the all you most see is amazing that. part. And yeah, to realize <laughs> that that was his way of committing suicide for the shame. And how that, by the way... Or maybe he was murdered. What he's it's accused possible. of... Murdered. What he's accused of is... It <coughs> takes on a different proportion when you realize the things other people are accused of that are related to that. Right. And then um, I, the idea of what friends are mm-hmm. in this movie, it, it is a movie about... <laughs> About the inability to connect. Yeah. But That's not right. just on the part of George Siegel, by the way. That's the most obvious one. But, right. But anyone to, to connect. Well, it's about men who have no humanity. They can afford no humanity. There's one person it's who just, has humanity. You need that one character to have humanity just to sort of like as a foil with everyone else. Right. right? And and I think it's his name's James Fox, the guy who plays the blonde yeah, Marlo. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's like a cynical humanity. It's like that last shred of humanity in a sense. Yeah, I guess you're right about that for sure. But when you, when you realize the way, mm, I'm trying to think of another movie that does this. I think Serpico does it a little bit. Mm, okay, you remember Serpico? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just sort of angry that no cop can get behind this guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. But at least there's a fraternity there of like crooks, like honor among thieves. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is this here. Is be- men reduced to the last extremity. Who like will yeah <laughs> fucking eat each other alive and the one guy who could sort of rise above it and use it to his advantage. There are dark. But he's moments. ultimately the king of a of a of a of a heap of turds. I don't want you to run with what I'm about to say. Just well, you, you'll understand because you don't want to do CPR. You'll understand. It. You'll understand when, when I say it. But it, what the example I'm going to use is going to trigger you into talk into turning it around. Don't. Right. It, well, uh, the, the the scene in the, the either the book, but I think maybe maybe especially the the 1939 version of of mice and men, where the guy the the worker the bunkhouse worker has to shoot his dog, right? That feeling 
is present throughout all of this movie. <laughs> okay. That moment where it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not least of all in this movie where the guy has to kill the, the guy has to kill his dog. Dude. Oh, Tom. <laughs> I just gave you like a 30 second preamble to uh, not go there. Uh-huh. I specifically said that. Like, ah. Uh. Well, okay, all right. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, anyways, go I on. just want to give it away. All right, That's right. all, all right. Um, oh, you thought that was a spoiler? But yeah, there's like a million parts in this movie oh, where I don't so want to give it away. There's so many things going on, man. Yeah, <laughs> but was, I was just my just effort one, to like go like, don't, but whatever you so do. There's so much heartbreak in this whatever movie. Whatever you do, don't open that box. There's so much like heartbreak Tommy has in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the the way that they um, they play with like well, food, for one thing. Uh, the way, But also like when, when they they are interested as enlisted men getting one over on the officers mm-hmm. in many ways the 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 absolute having no cognizance of how much humanity they've robbed of themselves in order to rob humanity from someone else mm. do you know what i mean okay like it's it, it, it's um it, there's a lot of dramatic irony in it right i guess i would say mm-hmm. yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, again, uh, you know what's his name is. Uh, he's also our star is also like he maintains his humanity because he's not far. He's not like I said. He's not far off the course of being what we okay. So what we would say in society is a criminal. I mean, he's basically he he just, he has a criminal slash. Uh, basically, he's a sociopath. Yeah, the, and he uses that to like to like sort of shocking advantage. Well, he has a reason. He gives an explanation, right? And it's the sort of thing where like this is the only place he's ever been able to have something, right? And I guess that now, do you feel sorry for him at all? No, I but I kind of but but I kind of do a little bit, right? Because yeah. because when they're you know at the end when everything is uh, you know everything um, they they go back to sort of normal living and the, yeah. he he suddenly ejected back into society as as an actual society uh piggy no longer has the cons i mean it's 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 going to be rough on this guy it's like this guy never never had a chance outside of this terrible terrible place i, I guess so I, yeah there's no way of knowing really oh. but he is fucking dead to everyone and what's mm-hmm. interesting is when he's happy you're unclear what's making him happy right i think it's only having success yeah in some way maybe and again as you like the first like the first time in his life this is the one place but wait a minute i think we're selling him short here because he does that's interesting he does it makes it gives like great it goes to great pains to to have him commute or connect to another human being yeah yeah right so the question is why does he lose that and and what the answer i think is it's never explained and i like that about the film yeah 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 no this is not a movie well it could be okay because imagine if this movie if they did try to take you by the hand yeah 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 and kind of like you know walk you through like some of the some of the subtler nuances this would yep. be in, in infinitely a lesser movie than it is and you didn't read the book, so there's no way of knowing whether what, right. what Clavel did. Right. It kind of makes me honestly. It kind of makes me want to go <laughs> go back and read King read the stupid book. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, I guarantee you, it's not. <laughs> at least this one is not 900 pages or something. No, this is like his one of his shorter ridiculous. ones. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Shogun. God damn it! I remember being so proud when I finished that horror. Yeah. Because it was, as I recall, it was the, the yeah. It, I think it's like second, maybe to Moby Dick, and the the biggest books I've ever read. And it's not quite as good. 
biggest books. Yeah. Moby Dick's not as long as, as Shogun. Shogun's like 1,200 pages, and as I recall, Moby Dick is somewhere in that neighborhood. 1,200 pages? Yeah, 12, 12 or 1,300 pages. I don't think you're right about that, but who gives a shit? Yeah. The point is that you, you read a, it's a long, he's, he's, he's prone to long-windedness. Oh, you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but yeah, it kind of makes me want to read this book, just so because there's got to be some interesting stuff going on in the background there, too. Yeah. But it would be a shame. To, it would almost be a shame because, like I said, that scene where the guy, like, suddenly his feet are sticking out of, out of a latrine. God, that's so fucking rough. Yeah. The sticking out of a fucking latrine. It would be a goddamn shame if somebody wrote that out. I don't want to know his fucking, like, the fact that he ended up there. Yeah. That's all you need. That's the, you know, it's the essential oh, yeah. dreary horror oh, of yeah. this goddamn thing. It's so essential because it's, it's, it's almost, it's not, it's not nonsensical. It's just without necessarily, it, 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 it's beyond reason. Yeah. Oh, I know what else. Tom, Tom Courtney this this year was in Doctor Zhivago also. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh okay, that's where I recognized him from was Doctor Zhivago. Yeah, and he's he's in a great film in the eighties called The Dresser. Yeah, I think he's he's to me he's the the greatest character in this in this uh, oh, movie yeah. anyway. Tom yeah, Courtney because yeah, it's yeah. like he's essentially the hall monitor of of this <laughs> of this camp, and it's like he just all he wants to do. Is to catch someone, especially George Siegel, doing something wrong. If he can just catch people yeah. and right the world and bring virtue back into the world, yeah. something's going to work. But he can't manage to do it. And and really, his the biggest Mrs. the Mrs. Manners of fucking Mordor. <laughs> it's awful. Well, the problem is there's no other. Nobody else could conceivably give a fuck. Right. If if <laughs> if they're that passive about it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so his disappointment. Oh, you know what it was? Here was I was trying to think of, of the merging. You know, if two if two movies had a baby, and it would be Stalag. Um, fuck, I lost it. God damn it, Tom! I just wait, can't, wait, I have Stalag no, seventeen. Yeah, but I couldn't remember the. It's other the only one. movie with Stalag in it. That's true. Uh, Stalag seventeen and no. uh, what the freaking uh, the Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. That'll do. <laughs> no, it's Requiem for a Dream. Come on, it was something else. Bleak, but it just fle- it just the, the pawnbrokers. Fucking, oh, that's a good one. Oh, it's just yeah. It's, uh, this it, is this on the level of the emotional bleakness of the pawnbroker? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Actually, it's like, I would say it's pretty so. remarkable. Yeah, the pawnbroker actually. I mean, the pawnbroker does a good job of sort of getting outside of Steiger's circle once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to. Yeah, you have to, but I'm not sure that this one ever does mm-hmm. get outside that particular sort of like darkness that's happening in Siegel's world. No, what, what's the what's the? I think the, what's the brightest moment of the whole thing is when the dinner. Finally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dinner. Oh, when they take the class on rats. I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, ever, yeah. This is is it fucking a relentlessly grim movie, but fucking ah. Oh. Totally uh, worth watching. I love it, yeah. So I give it a strong recommendation, sir. Ah, thumbs up, sir. Yeah, and I'll remember that other movie later when it's too late. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. I just can't remember what, like the, days. He finally figures out how to use his editing software. Just to, like this voice comes. Uh, Mr. Just Black. Just do a voice drop. Yeah. All, All right, Tom. Dogs. What's that? Reservoir Dogs? No. Nah, don't, you're just making it worse. I know. I'll just <laughs> never get there. I'll never get there. Uh, Captain Jack. No, no. Yeah. No. I should tell you not to mention it. That way you'll, you'll come up with it. All right, Tommy. I love you, buddy. You can't remember it, so that's not going to work. I love you. All right. Bye, buddy. All right.